Oh, hello. That's so adorable. I told you I did it! I got it! I mean, TTRPGs are about fun and about collaboration. The, what this all builds, what this is all building towards, is more empathetic connections between people. There you go. Got there in the end. Well, hello there, listeners. Whether you are new here or have been waiting for this episode with bated breath, welcome to Delightful Dungeon Diving, a coffee table podcast, or for me, a tea table, dedicated to talking TTRPGs and character development. And when I say character development, that is often for on and off the table too. None of us are perfect and all of us are continually learning. Here we'll be learning mostly about tabletop role-playing games and how to really get the most out of them but also how our actions off of the table can impact them too. So before I spill the tea of what the theme of today's episode is, let's pass it over to Ibrahim. Hello. Uh, It's interesting you say spill the tea as our bewitching beverage, a little thing we like to start with today, is actually going to be a black coffee. No sugar, no cream, just plain coffee not even a good coffee i think this is a really cheap instant coffee um (laughs) and our black coffee today is going to be called the debrief and in that i'd like you to try and guess the theme that we're going with try to guess the topic of today's episode uh put it into your comments or notes app and then you know just self-grade afterwards uh i will be playing hey a tabaxi bloodhunter who's out for the thrill of the hunt. Hedor uses unscrupulous methods and has little regard for social niceties, to such an extent that burning bridges is expected. His penchant for consuming his defeated enemies has earned him a loathsome reputation. I love it! That was, that was amazing. <laughs> that was beautiful. Ted out, Dan. Hold on. <laughs> and how are we playing... Halifax, the fearbolg paladin who adheres to an oath of service, never turning away from an opportunity to help a person in need. In light of the party's recent exploits, Halifax finds themselves extremely conflicted and worries if they've pushed their own morals to the point of breaking. And I will be playing... Bleh. And I will be playing... Olani, human mastermind who has a mind for elaborate plans and a charming personality that usually unlocks doors for the party. However, this latest outing completely unraveled all her careful plans, and Hetor's actions have likely severed several high-profile connections Orlani made for the group. I will be playing Doug, a gnome warlock, who has a blast-first, ask-questions-later approach to everything. Doug argues that her powers are in the service of the party, and that Doug's patron demands she exercise that power. Doug's exploits have more than once landed the party in hot water, and the latest dumpster fire has everyone on edge. As the town of Steepholm deals with the aftermath of a catastrophic collapse of their river dam, a group of adventurers huddle in a quiet barn on the edge of town. Well, that was... A hiccup. A waste. An unmitigated disaster. Okay, granted, not our finest hour. Hour? You were supposed to wait. You weren't even supposed to be in the tower. And yet it was your horrific powers that destroyed the gate controls. Back off, Tin Soldier. You weren't there. You don't know how it went down. That's the point, Doug. We never 
know how it goes down because you never stick to the plan and take it upon yourself to improvise in increasingly disastrous ways. Oi, let's give the warlock a break, eh? It's not as if your convoluted politicking paid off anyways, eh, Olani? Of course it didn't, you monster. Everything was in place. We had invitations on a silver platter, literally. They delivered our invitations to the mayor's mansion on an actual silver platter. And not an hour later came the rejections, after you were vetted. I don't see what I have to do with it. Not my fault your flowery words and aren't as charming as you thought. You ate people. The bandits, remember? We let one get away because Halifax can't stomach a moral quandary. Hey, now that's... that's not fair. And that survivor saw what you did with his friends' bodies and spread word. A tabaxi named Hator who eats his victims. You have made us pariahs in every town for leagues. You didn't complain about my methods when I cleared those slavers from their den. Well, we're complaining about them now. And Doug, we're not done on you either. How many people were hurt when the dam burst? How many died? Reckless, as always. And you flooded an entire town. Better than us getting ourselves slaughtered while we waited on you to do something. You had all those plans, and when we got to the action, you couldn't decide whether those mercenaries deserved your hammer or not. We were exposed, so I acted! The warlock's got a point, oh holy one. This wasn't the first time your hand ringing almost cost us our lives. We are not villains. We don't just murder our way through every problem. Orlani, back me up here. Halifax, I... Oh, come on. You too? Well, you know the nature of our work. The boss wants results over everything else. Because we know that in the long run, we're working towards the greater good. Now there's a loaded term. But you always hesitate, or take too long to make your considered course of action. We've lost track of targets, missed opportunities to strike, and while I will use all my skills and connections to find us the path of least bloodshed, sometimes the blade is needed. I... Ugh. What a mess. Half the town is flooded, the mercenaries are in the wind, and we're no closer to understanding the heart of this smuggling ring than when we got here. Maybe not, but we're still breathing, so what's next? That depends. Hey, Tor, have you eaten anyone important today? I'm certainly considering. We pick up the pieces, then we keep on. But first, we're going to discuss expectations, boundaries, and goals. Huh? <laughs> I like the dainty claps afterwards. That makes me very yes. happy. <laughs> very good. All right. So hopefully from our little scene there, you had an idea of what our topic would be today. But first, here's our cast. I'm Nick. My pronouns are he, him. And an odd fact about myself is I was once a public school teacher, and now my career is running D&D campaigns for kids. Hi, I'm Emily Graymore. My pronouns are she, her. And an odd fact about me, I can't ice skate like <sighs> at all. I like shuffle around, like it's I have hard. to hold on to the edges and it's very bad. It's just not as bad as the cheese thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm coming up in, you know, so I may sound elegant, 
I do not act it. I'm basically Bambi when I get anywhere near ice. So. Can I go next? I'm Hannah. My pronouns are she, her. And uh, in light of Emily's fun fact, I took ice skating lessons for, uh, oh gosh, um, from the time I was five until I was almost 14. Oh, geez. Uh, I didn't do all that. My, my anxiety got the better of me and I was too afraid to do any jumps. Um, but yeah, ice skating when I was a child was a big passion of mine. Oh, I wish I was good. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody starts somewhere. Uh, my name is Ibrahim. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, and keeping with the ice theme, I have fallen into no less than two frozen lakes. <gasps> oh, jeez. <laughs> I was saying that. It wasn't ice skating. But, <laughs> Just you know. fell in. Yeah. Kids are... Kids have this... this, this... For some reason, every child seems to have a death instinct that says, I am immune to yeah. the to the the harm this world causes everyone else <laughs> i will be the one so yeah don't worry ibrahim I've, I've been there i was so worried about my dad he told me to hold on to the dock while he parked the boat and i was so worried about letting go that i stretched between the dock and the boat oh, and no. so oh. <laughs> we, yeah, we have a theme today apparently I've, yeah i've, I've been there I've, I've fallen off a boat before <laughs> Boats has the most dangerous invention. So, for our <laughs> listeners, please take take advice and uh, you know ideas about TTRPGs from us, but not about survival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. Do yeah. the opposite of what we do. Yeah. Well, let's get into our splendid snack for the day. Uh, we're going to have a bagel with our coffee today, and our bagel is the topic of differing play styles. Uh, different play styles, there's so many options you can choose from, and they are all valid. The key is figuring out what your personal goals and boundaries are and make sure that it is compatible with the people you're playing with. Absolutely. We've we've touched on this a little bit in our Session Zero episode about making sure you communicate uh, proper expectations for your group and what everyone wants to get out of the game. And a core part of TTRPGs is how you are playing, like how your character is playing and the kind of game you want to play. And there's many, many different styles of games. Um, I will throw one out there. My first foray into any sort of tabletop game involving miniatures and things was not Warhammer. It was actually some Civil War reenactment thing. Uh, looking back on that now, I realize that that's probably not a fun game to play. Uh, but, you know, it was the idea of very down deep into the minutia of supply chains and blah, 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 and using the miniatures on the board. So that was one style of play that you can use in TTRPGs. Hmm. Yeah, in any TTRPG, there are multiple styles of play. It can facilitate some are better in some and some are better in others. Um, you know, I think one of the really popular styles right now is narrative role play. And it's one that I think most of us at this table really mm. do favor. Um, certainly not the only one. And I would argue you can layer different goals on top of one another um, you know, you can have a narrative-based uh, goal where you're really trying to delve deep into character and uh, role play in, in a lot of character work while also trying to play a solving a puzzle style of game. 
and you can solve puzzles one day and have a highly tactical session another day. You can layer these things on top of one another, but uh, you know it's very helpful to figure out specifically what those goals are, what you like as a person, um, and to find people to play with that like similar things. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. You have to be on the same page. So again, goes back to session zero, but that one of the things that we kind of talked about session zero with sort of making sure everyone was on the same page with um, what the kind of campaign was going to be like um, was like tone was really important Mm -hmm. for us. So we spoke about sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, game of Thrones versus, you know, on one side of the scale and then like princess bride on the other side of the scale. So I went viral for that. Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I stole it from you. Uh, I have to credit my friend Sean, who I play with. Uh, he, we were starting, we were doing a one shot, and he was asking the group, "What tone are we thinking mm-hmm. from Monty Python to Game of Thrones? Where that does this it. fall?" And I, on a lark, I decided to put that on TikTok and fill in the various gaps. There's across the community, across the hobby, there's a lot of different opinions on where various uh, shows to contextualize fall. Mm -hmm. So I would advise different tables to come to an agreement on your own range if you want to use a tool like that. Um, But generally speaking, it's the question of where do you fall on the range of comedic versus dramatic or um, also you can think of different metrics, you know, in in some some people like comedic, but they don't want gore or they, you know, want zany funniness, but also very strict rules at the same time. There are a lot of different spectrums that you can play with. Mm -hmm. And again, the thing we're going to keep harping on, especially in this episode, but I feel like this goes for all of the topics we get on communication, 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 being on the same page with the people you play with is so important. Yeah, 100%. And there's there's a a bunch of these sort of uh, binaries that you can sort of like, choose individually, which you want to lean towards and where you want to be on that spectrum mm-hmm. like uh quest masters versus lore masters mm-hmm. people who are seeking immersion versus escapism uh people who are seeking high realism versus high fantasy yeah um there's all of these considerations that are there's no one right answer there's the right answer for you that day in that game in that session right yeah and Something that's coming to mind for me, um, thinking about ways to facilitate multiple different goals at the same table. Um, For example, if you have a table that generally you're all more role play focused, how what are some ideas of how you can facilitate the play of an individual who might be on the shyer side, who maybe is in theory open to character work and role play but very much not ready yet wants to be part of this wants to be a spectator a little bit um, and still participate here and there and really fall back on the mechanics as a comfort blanket of sorts Um, any ideas on that absolutely i've I've had kids uh, i'm always going to relate this to my kid campaigns um I've had one kid, uh, he and his cousin have been playing in a campaign with me, several different groups, uh, because my campaigns go for six weeks. And then if the kids want to continue, I just set up another one. 
Um, but they've been playing with me, I think, something like eight or nine months now. And this kid now has a level 11 warlock. Um, but to, to, to the point that his, his group has all come to expect it, Eldritch Blast. It's, it's literally the mm-hmm. only thing he's ever done. I think he cast one other spell one time because like I mentioned he had options. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's always the option is, and the amazing thing was that as a, a little bit to my own credit as a DM, but mostly the other players would start to accommodate and know this is what so-and-so is comfortable with. They have mm-hmm. continued to sign up for more campaigns. They've been playing a long time. They obviously enjoy this and that is fine. And so they actually started, they started diverting bits of action to that character. When a dragon came over a rise over a town, um, steep home actually in my campaigns, mm-hmm. uh, that character was by themselves and they all made the suggestion, Hey, so-and-so, why don't you do your thing? It'll distract the dragon. And they more than happy to Eldritch blast a dragon. That was a whole thing versus another student I had where they played a, a lovely little fawn who throughout an entire six week campaign did not do a single point of damage was more than happy to let the other players be the just wrecking balls that they were. Mm-hmm. And everything they did was an area of effect healing spell or crowd control. And they proved to the other players that their play style could fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that everything, every player has to play in just one play style. There are many that can mm-hmm. mix and coexist yeah. uh, healthily. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things where you don't really realize how many different ways there are to play this game until somebody shows you an example um and it's really nice to see various party interactions because the party dynamic is defined by the players and you can have a player who's like i'm the brains i'm the researcher i'm going to be doing any sort of arcana stuff if anyone needs to research or like check lore on something that's that's my thing and if a player is happy inhabiting that space while it can be helpful to give them opportunities to do other things Ultimately, it's up to that player to decide if they want to expand what they're doing or if they're Mm -hmm. truly happy with the play style that they've had so far. Just Mm -hmm. furnish the opportunity. And beyond that, it's, you know, it's up to the players. Agreed. I think another thing that I like um, for play styles is... uh, I've got a very... uh, When I was playing for my sister when she was first getting into the game... And a friend of mine, um, she's a very visual uh, person. She has to have um, sort of like the maps and the kind of like the everything sort of like there laid out for her. Um, uh-huh. And I actually, I started using Tailspire specifically for that because I could mm-hmm. put the kind of like dungeon together for her basically. And she had a little character she could move around kind of like digitally. Um, versus the game I'm in now completely theater of the mind there are no maps whatsoever it's completely just descriptive and narrative um so i think that's that's an important thing to understand it's like do your players want or need battle maps is and if you're not going to use them putting that up front and just saying hey i'm not planning on using this will you be able to comfortably follow along is that something you want or do you need sort of like um visual aids things like that again it comes back to accessibility as well so that's an interesting conversation to have um with people so 
I think that's really important to bear in mind when you're thinking about play styles is how you actually kind of display that. I think that's a really important thing to touch on because so many of the popular streams we see these days do in large part for battles utilize maps and you know Mm -hmm. it's great you watch critical role dimension 20 they have these wonderful budgets they can come up with maps um but theater of the mind is still so valid and Mm -hmm. if you've never tried it it can be so daunting and some people you know do really latch on to the but is he 30 miles or 30 miles but is he 30 feet away yeah you know my spell has this sort of a range um but for theater of the mind i mean it doesn't matter as much that doesn't necessarily need to be a hard fast i need to know i'm exactly the distance away Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a judgment call that the table and the gm can make um and if you're willing to step away from the rigidity of having specific distances for area of effect and just make a judgment call on it you can actually tell some really amazing stories and have some very satisfying play with theater of the mind even in combat yeah absolutely i I, I can't count how many times the kids have had me broken down and crying as soon as i finished the zoom (laughs) session and i'm just like i can't believe they came up with that and i didn't didn't put any artwork or anything (laughs) oh yeah yeah absolutely i i'm like I thought you were just getting bullied by the children. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they're just demanding maps from me. (laughs) No, um, that's the thing with play styles. You know, some kids, uh, well, some players uh, are are more for the story, as you said, and then others are really about the tactical. And then Mm. some, I've had a campaign where I knew these two kids really DMs in their own right. They loved lore building. And I said, hey, I'm going to give you guys just the beginning of this. And I'm going to tell you right up front, we're going to be writing this campaign as we go. So y'all ask questions in character. And I mean, it was a little cheap by me because they totally did my work for me. Um, (laughs) No, but but that's that's what was amazing. (laughs) I think this is is a conversation for another day in in total, but like the idea of world building together is a completely valid point. Um, that, that a table can do, you know, you, you want to make sure you're all on the same page of what's going on, but, uh, world building as a group is, is totally a, a, val- a, val- a viable thing that you can do when creating mm-hmm. a homebrew world or creating a story world, what have you. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It, here's, here's the thing about a, a lot of times the work of the DM, when you are running a, like a long form campaign, on god forbid like a weekly schedule mm. preparing the visual elements if you have like you need to get uh maps you need to get npcs oh. you need to get uh various items like preparing all of these things is extremely time consuming yeah in a yeah. way where it's easy for dms to get burned out because yeah. you're doing a lot of work and all of your work is what determines if the other people are like having a good or at least you can think in your head that if i don't do this work they're not going to have a good time i don't think that's the case i think that you can definitely theater of the mind is what i do for Mm -hmm. like uh the i'm running a campaign with my siblings and they've never played D &D before they only want to play because they saw it on stranger things um that's awesome and i'm running it (laughs) like theater of the mind and then i have like a couple of sound effects in voice mod 
voice mod gives you like five free sound effects. I listen, I paid for it because I'm, you know, I wanted more, but uh, <laughs> like I have a sound effect for when they roll a, a 20, like when they hit hey. a 20, I have a sound yes. effect for when they hit a one. I have like a, 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 a longer clip that's like a slash and clash and like metal, like clanging against each other sound effect that I just use for the general combat one. And since it's a longer that. sound, I can just start it, have it low, bring it up, and it's like, oh, they haven't heard that particular sound before, or they haven't heard that sound mm -hmm. in a while. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is how I am, with fairly low effort on my part, able to just enhance their experience, enhance their theater of the mind, and bring them more and further into the story and get them engaged. And yeah. this is like, you know, that, that play style works well for me, for like not preparing a bunch of materials for them, but instead saying, okay, we're going to have the session. You will be creating the materials right now. What you tell me right now is telling me what the world is. I didn't know that there was a baker. I didn't know that there was a, a cobbler in this, on the same, like in the same building as the baker. I don't know why he's there, but that's what they told me was happening. So that's, that's yeah. there now. Yeah. I, love I that. have that in my notes that exists. On the fly world building is so good. And I think we should definitely do an episode on, world building and yes. like player versus dm like involvement on that um because yeah. i could talk for hours about it um mm -hmm. but i think it's so important to to encourage players to feel mm -hmm. confident to just world build on the fly just like oh yeah my uncle lives down the road like you can yeah. do that if you want that's fine I'll, <laughs> like add yeah. that in that's okay <laughs> right it's like oh this is where my like mother-in-law lives like, you know, just whatever. Like, I'm happy. Mm. Um, I got my players to do... Um, they uh, basically created their hometowns for me. So um, it's like, wherever you're from, you tell me exactly what it's like, if you've got key people who live there, you know, like everything about it. So if we go back there, everything they say is gospel and law because that's where they're from. They have, they don't have to be like, uh, DM, do I know who lives there or blah, 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 <laughs> right. you know, yeah, you yeah, know right. already. Right. It's good. I enjoy it. One thing that I've really seen benefit in lately is my home game. Uh, we have been largely because we've been having some scheduling challenges, especially for those who are recently DMing. We do rotate our DMs, but, but a lot of the ones that have been playing recently just have a lot going on in their lives. So we've been running a lot of one shots. And the thing I really enjoy with that is the opportunity to try something new. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, okay, today we're going to try a story that's really heavy on political intrigue. Mm -hmm. And there's not going to be a lot of combat. And it's going to be a lot more of you know, uh, diplomacy and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, or today, you know, we're going to run a level 20 game and we're just going to see if we can break the game <laughs> yeah. with the most ridiculous combination of mechanics. How much can we stretch the rules? Yes. Um, or we want to do high comedy today and just be silly and, you know, rule of cool 90% of what we're doing. Um, or, you know, let's focus on puzzles today. And, uh, you know, sometimes I know I, for myself, um, I sometimes with one shots do back off on the character development and role play, 
um, in some times and just focus on the mechanics and just turn off my brain mm-hmm. and work on just this is how my character sheet is. This is the things I can do. I don't have to worry about the rest. But other times I do find freedom to just make interesting character choices because I don't have to live with them for more than three hours, for right. example. Right. You can, you can like kind of experiment all. without being attached to that. Mm-hmm. I will. I, I'm very excited because I, I have I've played very limited amount of D and D as a player and as an adult. I've been one play test, uh, long form play test, but I am getting to do a one shot um, next weekend, next Saturday. And uh, actually, friend of the podcast. Uh, well, I'm claiming that he will be a friend of the podcast, uh, but Patrick Perini will actually be dungeon mastering that one, and we have collaboratively the players we all got onto a discord and decided that the setting we would like and uh it's going to be just absolutely delightful and cozy because we're playing in a bookstore as small people <gasps> and like oh, bar- borrower style so the ideas that came of that and now like hannah like you said the expectation of I'm, I'm only in here for a few hours let me test this out i'm gonna try something new you know um instead yeah. of being yeah. full derailing chaos or uh, nitty gritty intrigue and role play. We're going to try something new and see how it works and create something together. Um, you know, what, what are y'all's thoughts on, we've talked kind of on the macro, like the styles of games you can play, uh, political intrigue, uh, mm-hmm. it's very tactical battle mappy. D and D beyond has a, a great little article about how to do a low fantasy or a low magic setting where oh, yes. you are, t- you are keeping track of your supplies and your travel. The rest very does survival. not automatically heal your characters. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but how about, you know, going to our little scene we did today, you saw four characters, four players, who were not on the same page with how they approach problems. Very dysfunctional. So what right. are y'all's thoughts on, in, in any one of these playstyles is somewhat valid. We're, I'm sure we're all going to circle around one of them that we don't like that much. But uh, what are y'all's thoughts on the actual player play styles for the characters themselves? For the most part, <laughs> I will accept... I, I, I'm willing to accommodate a bunch of different play styles in games. Um, the one that I sort of struggle to deal with is the like the hefty power gamer. Yeah. Um, mm, because power gamers do, drives me mad. Yeah, they do also tend to, at, at least in my experience, they have tended to dominate the narrative a little bit as well. Mm. Um, and that's something that's difficult for me. I don't love when I'm seeing like, okay, this scene has gone on eight minutes. The previous scene with this other character only went on two minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the time. I'm looking at like people who I know haven't had a role in a while. Right. And yeah. just trying to find that balance of like, I don't want to take attention away from you, but I have limited time and I need yeah. to make sure that everyone gets a hand on the ball. I think That's, that brings up- that, I struggle with that. I think that brings up a really interesting point that like you, there are a lot of different ways to be a quote unquote power gamer. And all of it comes down to, I don't even know if I want to call that a style of play so much as just a selfish individual. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. someone who, yeah. who their, their goal is to constantly be in the spotlight. Their goal is to quote unquote, win their mm-hmm. TTRPG. Yeah. Yeah. And if winning to you means 
being the strongest, fighting the best, always, you know, being the one that overcomes the challenge and everybody else is just there with you. I mean, again, I don't really call that a play style. I consider that to just be a selfish individual that needs to have a conversation with um, the people they're playing with about making space for the other people at the table. Mm-hmm. And if they're not willing to do that, you know, be given a couple of chances, but also don't be afraid to say, hey, guy, this doesn't, or person, you know, it doesn't, I, I don't want to stereotype that it's always any one gender or another, mm-hmm. but, you know, it, th- this is uh, not working for us and we've given you some chances and, and we really don't feel like you fit with our group. And as hard as that can be, sometimes that's just the thing you have to do. And I've heard of people who they've had to have those hard conversations with the friends with friends who continue to be their friends. They just don't play together because they cannot find a common ground. Yeah. This happened to me actually. um, It actually came down to alignments uh of characters which is one of the reasons why I now i just don't i just don't fuck around with alignments anymore um Same. just you are your character your character behaves the way your character will behave etc i'm not going to have this oh well i'm good lawful so therefore i wouldn't allow that rogue to do that thing in my presence yada 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 anyway so that that basically kind of uh ended up with my game being disbanded because the player who was doing this kind of good lawful character just refused to cooperate with the rest of the team when they had to do kind of less than lawful things. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just created a huge friction um, in just any time we tried to play together and it was really, really uncomfortable. So I just ended up having to break the group up. And as Hannah said, sometimes it's uncomfortable and you don't want to have to do it, but it's the best for the players and for the game because no one's going to have fun if you try and keep it together right um, i mean it's the old adage yeah. no dnd is better mm-hmm. than bad dnd or right. it goes for any exactly. ttrpgs but yeah um yeah you had a halifax in your group you had a halifax, <laughs> and a halifax, halifax in a group of dogs <laughs> it's, it, it's it's wild to me that there are so many different um there's just so many different ways to approach the game and there's so many different mm-hmm. ways for people to sort of manifest their desire to quote unquote like beat D D or like it's it's like right. this is a game where we need to have a an ensemble and some people yes. do want to be a main character and it's like okay you can be a main character you cannot be the main character Absolutely. because if you are the main character everyone else mm. is consigned to supporting cast yeah 100 um, and uh just sort of like include other different like play styles that uh are sort of yeah. at least in my opinion like difficult to deal with people who are making okay if we're playing a high combat game or like a difficult game and your character has a specific theme if you are trying to maintain a theme that is costing the party time or like is is costing if there's something that you're doing that is consistently like okay, we're going to spend five minutes doing this again, or we're going to, you're going to choose a spell that you know is suboptimal because it's what your character would do. That's okay. But once it becomes a pattern, Mm -hmm. uh, once it becomes a, I am always going to choose this spell because my character does this spell all the time. 
that is fine 99% of the time. The 1% it isn't is when it's like, I'm going to do this at the expense of the party, or yeah. I'm going to yeah. go against what we decided we were going to do earlier because I'm a, a rogue. It's that sort of like breaking from the party to do your own thing against the party repeatedly where it becomes yeah. an issue. Now, everyone hold that... their eye rolls, but it's the... It's what my character right. would do. Uh-huh. Exactly. And, and I think that goes back to the positive side of metagaming. Mm-hmm. Of we think of metagaming as this horrible thing of you're cheating, but it's also metagaming to take into consideration the fact that we're all trying to have fun and collaborate together. And yeah, maybe it is quote unquote what your character would do, but if what your character would do is going to ruin the experience for the other yeah. real world players mm-hmm. at the table, you know, it is the job of every individual player to justify why your character is here or talk to the DM about a, a reasonable exit for your character and come up with a new one. Yeah. And to justify why they're going to be a team player, even if, you know, you can still technically be a team player and working toward the same goal, even if, uh, so long as you're on the same page with everybody, you're in an argumentative relationship with another yeah. player, so long yeah. as, it's fun, you're, as you're all on the same Character page. Character conflict can be very fun if done exactly. right. Yeah. So much um, of this is resolved by just talking in person as people around the table yeah. and right. then playing your character. Like, like mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to do this thing but that's what my that's what my character is going to do. But I know, I know everyone. Yeah, it's not great. But yeah, I'm going to do yeah. this, and everyone knows, and everyone can expect it, and everyone can. Yeah. Don't you know, be afraid of above table of chat. Talk, uh, talk above and below the table. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. don't let yourself get stuck in one mode of communication only. This is a story yeah. we are creating together. We are in a writer's room. We are all trying to create this beautiful thing together. I can't do that if you're going to put a dragon head on one end and then I'm putting, I think we're making a horse, you're putting a dragon head on. This right. is not going to work out. <laughs> I, this is how you get about, owl bears. This is how you get owl bears. <laughs> and also think about maybe what would be the interesting ramifications of if your character is forced to act, quote unquote, out of character. Mm. Like if you have right. a character that is sworn, they are not going to physically harm other creatures and they're just doing buffs and their whole thing is well I do buffs and they're put in a position where they really do have to damage one of the uh, enemies you know in order to move the story along move the the session along how do they then grapple with that afterwards um you know and and try to find a more creative solution than this doesn't work for me mm-hmm. yeah 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 I one of my favorite uh, things about doing uh, TTRPGs for kids, and it's why I would just, you know, barge into any assembly and just yell at the principal, you need to have D&D clubs, is the opportunity for do that growth. Anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite stories to tell is this group where I, I it finally happened. I had a kid message me about wanting this dark backstory. They were playing this Dampier Ranger and, you know, hitting on all of the damage every single time. And I had to have the conversation with the kid, you know, hey, if you have a backstory connected, these others are only here for so long. And it's kind of like you're making yourself the main character. And if mm. you want to betray the party, they're not going to have fun with that. It's gonna, That's all they're going to think about. 
and the kid was struggling. And again, I, I, a lot of these kids I, I teach uh, virtually might have some issues in quote unquote normal social settings. So it might have been a new concept to them and them just getting used to playing with other people. Um Side note, that is not me advocating the way we do public school at all. And that that's horrible socialization anyways. But this kid, uh-huh. uh, the thing that was so amazing was we get to the final confrontation, the final battle in the BBEG. And I'm thinking, man, we haven't had a conversation. Are they going to, are they going to shout out to the party that they know this person that they were hired? What are we going to do? And the kid blew my mind over six weeks They had kind of started getting more patient with the other party members going with the flow. And they revealed that the big, bad, evil monster had lied to them on their deal. And then they were going to then try to sacrifice themselves. They did everything complete the opposite of what they tried. That's not the part that broke me. The part that broke me is when the other players who'd been player above chat, fighting with this kid with this kid they'd been starting to argue mm. their characters then rushed in front of his oh character my gosh. and oh, wow. i was trying not to get choked up and finish the Aww. session but they all spent every one of their turns saving that character even though the kid had decided no it's best if my character sacrifices himself in this moment to let them all get away it was incredible and Aww. so so we talk about as adults it is it is important to have these conversations with people who are maybe not their play style is not only not fitting with your party, but detrimental. Right. Yeah. The, the, the flip side of that and the nice, the silver lining there is there's an opportunity for growth and it's so yeah, rewarding. True. Why are tabletop yes. role-playing games so good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. good. They teach us so many <laughs> lessons in so many ways. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Yeah, it's not all bad though, right? Like, not oh, all yeah. play styles are bad. Or like that was no. a beautiful example. I'm sorry. Can we just? We'll just. That didn't happen. Um, <laughs> I had that sentence prepped in my head for like six minutes, and then I just. <laughs> it was it, like I queued it up, and it was on autoplay, and then I was like, "That doesn't fit with what." Just... I know how that works. Yeah. No. No. no yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's um. Let me reset. <laughs> TTRPGs are amazing for telling those exact kinds of stories. Um, there's like a one play style I really, really enjoy is when people are the engager, the one who is trying to facilitate other opportunities for other characters uh, and other players. Mm-hmm. To Unsung shine. heroes. Because Absolutely. that's such a necessary part of this. I mm-hmm. can set up, if I'm the GM, I can set up opportunities. But if one of the players that I'm setting the opportunity up for doesn't see it or is like distracted by something else, and then the engager can come in and say, hey, don't you have a thing that does this? Or I would love to go with you on this side quest to do this thing. That allows for so much fun and so much complexity. And that type of player has a special place in my heart Mm -hmm. because the stories I want to tell would be impossible without them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In that vein, you know, our characters from our scene, the debrief, you have your ball of chaos and Doug just going at a whim and in, in, in playing because that's what they're supposed to do. You have hey, Tor, who's, who's playing an anti-hero figure and wanting to be dark. You have Halifax playing a more uh, maybe standard fantasy type, like a, 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 a heroic embodiment of that ideal. Mm. And finally, you have maybe a more mature level of role player in Orlani mm. wanting to do the the machinations and everything 
And all of those play styles can actually adapt and fit each other. So while there are a lot that kind of butt heads and maybe won't make a fun campaign for people, there's also always an opportunity to connect the play styles. And Ibrahim, like you brought up, be the engager in that party. I mean, Mm -hmm. if Halifax ends up breaking their oath, everyone let's dive into how much fun it'd be to be an oath breaker in till they take it too far. And now suddenly, hey, Tor is going to become the moral compass and and have growth. And Orlani will have to, I don't know, chill. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many possibilities. Chill the fuck out. (laughs) Or imagine if Um, Doug's the moral compass. Doug's the moral compass. (laughs) Um, Doug, I think we all, I think we can all agree. Doug needs to lose their patron for a week and see what happens. (laughs) Uh, I think honestly, Uh, a form of growth for Orlani would be losing her voice. Oh, like oh. how would she survive not being able to like silver tongue her way out of stuff? Like she just yeah, um, that'd be crazy. Depowering characters is <laughs> depowering the yeah. characters. Depowering yeah, characters it. for like a session or two and being like, oh, they got to get their mojo back. Yes. That's something I love. Like uh, oh, so good. Dimension Twenty uh, does a lot with that. I won't spoil Dimension Twenty. I wouldn't even be able to tell you what episode it is, so I'm not going to say what <laughs> it is. But. <laughs> There's a lot of that there, and I think that's mm. really fun for a lot of people. And if your yeah. players are into that, and it's not going to cause a TPK, go <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah, I mean, point. I think, again, this this all goes back to this whole Session Zero idea of setting out boundaries and what everybody's comfortable with ahead of time. And just, you know, at, at continuing to articulate what your goals are and where you where you are and if something is coming up that's not cause that's causing you to not have fun um that everyone needs to be respectful of that and try to come to a compromise yeah absolutely i think if people want a good example of what we're talking about in a good beautiful 23 minute package is (laughs) my absolute favorite show is bob's burgers and bob's burgers does an episode a DD episode now the, the amazing thing is when they do an episode on a topic you can tell that they bring in people with experience to do it because most D&D episodes on TV shows are everyone's, all these characters are going on some funny adventure. Futurama did one and they had some funny in-jokes and know that people played D&D. Um, Community obviously has a famous D&D episode. Oh, yeah. I don't like it for several reasons, but yep. It, yep. it, you know, uh, Bob's Burgers did an episode and it was amazing. It wasn't all of the player, all of the main characters suddenly becoming D&D adventure. It was a group of kids coming into the diner and they want to play, have a session there. And so the diner stays open late. And the big crux of it is the dungeon master wants to shake things up a bit. And she does exactly what we just mentioned. She depowers the characters and has them transform into something else cursed. And they have to figure out, and it doesn't go smooth. The players are not happy with this and they want to go back Mm. to just being their super powerful heroes. But at the end of it, whether or not they enjoyed it, they begin to appreciate that this person was trying something to adapt and shake things up a bit. It was just such a cool look at play styles and how you can manage expectations between DMs and players. Um, And I'm a big old softy, so these are always going to be my favorite things. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Very good. To, to close us out today, we're, we're going to do a quick little rapid fire round table of different play styles that you can find in a TTRPG and ones you can explore yourself and maybe find connections between. So starting us off on the spot will be Emily. 
Oh, murder mystery. Mm. Political intrigue. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, what are we going in a direction? Uh, you're up next. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you spoke, and now you're up. I spoke. <laughs> damn it. Uh, 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 grognard. Uh, a grognard. I, I, as I understand it, it's like somebody who enjoys playing older war games and like moving the pieces uh, around. Grognard. Like, absolutely. A uh, heavy narrative role play. Ooh. Um. Survival horror. Ooh. Complete <sighs> derailment of the campaign. <laughs> Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's that's also the one that happens when the session is going too long. Yes, <laughs> that's the okay. Y'all are tired. We need to take a nap. Let's <laughs> let's end. Um, um, uh, maybe the uh, LARP is that a style of play? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, LARP. I would argue yes. Yeah, uh, puzzle. Ooh. I'm gonna go for heist. Mm. Nice. Um, oh, uh, a fetch quest. Simple, but can be fun. Yeah, I like a fetch quest. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, maybe a uh, like a deconstruction one where you try to go against standard fantasy ooh, conventions. Yes. Uh, ooh, yes. Like that. Okay. Classic dungeon. Classic dungeon. You know, I don't yeah. see anyone dungeon anymore. The kids these days, Where's they the don't dungeon. Where's right? <laughs> I see dragons, but where are the dungeons? I can't where are they? <laughs> Ibrahim's next character. <laughs> old, out-of-touch dungeon old, master. Out-of-touch dungeon master. <laughs> just an old dungeoneer, just like, hey, you kids, you're always saving villages. Back hey. in my day, we didn't save villages. We dungeoned. We went to dungeon. <laughs> That's what we did. Um, um, oh. There we go. I just had to. I had to just double check. I was getting the right word. Isekai. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Nice. For those who don't know, it's where like usually where you kind of like are yourselves going from like the real world into like a fantasy world, and you're kind of playing yourself in like a fantasy world is like an example of. That's of that. the term for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I will go with uh, hardcore survival. Oh yes. 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 Yeah. Oh, I've got one. Okay. <laughs> it's fun when they start rolling, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Mm, I don't think I have another. Uh, this we this may sort of be covered by some of the stuff we've already said, but pun shot. No, what no, absolutely not. How dare you? Pun we've, shot. I've done is it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. We've done. You'll pun have shots to explain before. to me because I, I think I know it's, what it is. It did basically usually played as a one shot. It is a game where the focus is being as punny as possible. Uh, okay, I thought so. um, <laughs> having like, a, a pun name for your character and Very good. it is the, usually the jumping off point. Um, and uh, one of the best items you can put into it. I don't know what the real name for this is, but we call it the Ring of Misspell, where yes. change good. one letter and. Uh, it changes the entire spell um, is a fun item to use in pun shots. <laughs> okay. Very good. I like that a lot. Um, oh, I do have one. Romance. Oh, so, oh nice. Oh, yeah. We're skipping all yeah. the cute ones. Romance yeah. is like, uh, I, uh, I'm, I've run like this, there's this game called The Quiet Life where you're playing as a bunch of yes. nuns. 
it's like a pastoral life as a gay nun and like the objective of the game is to like like it's kind of like it's pitch the nuns against like the pastor but it's not like oh i'm gonna get you it's more like come on again what are you doing get back to, <laughs> you're supposed to be teaching the kids go go do your work. stop making out and That's it's so just wholesome. like it's just like a fun like oh, are you this really doing this again you're supposed to be doing that other thing I'm or gonna play a game on. it's so fun it's really fun and the, there's all these abilities you can do to like break them up or like try to put them on separate parts of the abbey and be like gotta stop doing this on the job wait until people are gone and it's, <laughs> it's just it's a great time just trashy romance novel fun Oh, man. If I find you in the cloisters one more time. Exactly. Exactly. It's a cloister. <laughs> Do we have any more? Yeah. How many more we got? Uh, I've got one. Um, oops, all rogues. <laughs> oops, all anything. Yeah, oops, all anything. Yeah. Oops, all. Yeah. Fun idea. I've that, played oops, all bards before. That feeds okay. into mine. The, the the classic murder hobo party. Yeah. <laughs> no go. ties to anything. Burn every bridge. Right. Yeah. I that one's easy. You don't need to keep notes. Right? <laughs> no notes. If, if, the, if, the, if the city is gone when they leave, there is no reason to keep notes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, on that that classic trope, do we want to call it? What? Yeah. I think so. Oh, oh, on the classic trope. <laughs> yes. On the classic yeah. trope Sorry. of of murder. My brain is now fried. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> let's burn this proverbial <laughs> Absolutely. village down. Um, um, okay. All right, so uh, thanks, y'all. Um, again, I'm I'm Nick. Uh, you can find me at Delightful Dungeon Diving on TikTok and uh, Bearded Playzots on Instagram. Again, I will plug that. Uh, please go to Kickstarter and check out Undying Corruption, a Korean mythology five E adventure. Uh, it's a source book that I've been helping play test, and the creators behind this are fantastic. So any support would be amazing. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, I would like to say goodbye. And I am Emily Graymore. And you can find me on TikTok at Emily Graymore. And if you don't know how to spell that, just put an E wherever you're confused and that will work. (laughs) Uh, I will always plug, always plug uh, Unbalanced Encounters, which is the other podcast that I am doing at the moment, which is an actual play audio drama. So if you like D&D, you will love it. And just go to unbalancedencounters.com and you'll find everything there. Beautiful. Uh, My name is Ibrahim. Uh, It has been a pleasure to be here with you all. Thank you so much. Um, You can find me pretty much anywhere that matters on social media at cosmic underscore Ebe. You can catch me on the Nameless Domain channel uh, on Twitch, streaming something, uh, either playing games with Kendo for Prayers in the Static or just playing games with some friends uh, for nameless plays. Um, you can also catch me potentially soon on the uh, uh, a very exciting Demigods uh, TTRPG Ooh. playthrough. A um, nice. Uh, we're gonna be playing Demigods. You know, like uh, like that Percy Jackson. That's so gonna be a great time. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. And I'm Hannah. You can find me on TikTok at critical underscore stitch talking about Dungeons and Dragons, Critical Role, other TTRPGs, and costuming, uh, as well as check my link tree for other stuff, including my work as a voice actor. And thank you all so much for joining us, and we hope to catch you next time. 
Good night. Bye. Bye. Do, 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 do. And then our song. So I'm I'm fucking up for everyone here, so no one else has to. <laughs> <laughs>